0: Welcome to the Pastor Nora King podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Okay, chapter number four, the Lord's compassion, and we started talking about this last week, and so we're going to finish up here. Now, the Bible says in Psalms 145, 8, and 9, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He is slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. Now, I'm going to tell you, we all will face times in our life where we will not feel like that scripture is true because how could a loving God do this or allow this, you know, and that kind of thing. And that's the way that our mental reasoning will take us a lot of times. And that's the way the devil will take you because he's the one who plants in our minds that God is angry at us. But here you see that he is slow to anger. He's not a God that is mad at people. He's not a God that's upset with His people. He's a God that's compassionate. He's a God that's loving and merciful. No matter what it looks like, no matter what you feel like, that is what the description, the nature of God that is given to us out of Psalm 145. The Lord is gracious. That means that He is kind. It means uh, favor. Uh, It means to grant or give or to bestow, to have pity. And I like what F.F. Bosworth said. He said he is disposed to show us favors. Not just one favor, but many favors. As long as we live on this earth, and after we're out of here also, but while we're here, God wants to bring favor and do favors for us. And if we see Him that way, then we can receive from Him by faith. It said, He is full of compassion or loving kindness, and He has great mercy, and He is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. He is good to all. How come sometimes it looks like he may be good to one and not good to the other? Do you think he's a respecter of persons? The Bible says that he is not a respecter of persons. You know, I want to tell you there's a devil loose upon the earth and he has his hordes of demon powers that go about doing bad things in the earth, trying to attack, trying to afflict, and trying to do bad things. And sad to say that many people take those things and... Attribute that to God. But it isn't God because God can be explained right here that He is good to all and His tender mercies are over all His works. He loves the sinner so much that He sent His only begotten Son into the world to die for the world. So over all His works... Now, there's going to come a day of God's judgment upon this earth, and there's no doubt about that. It's said, it's spoken of in the Scriptures, and it's going to happen just as surely as we're sitting here. But we are not in a time of God's judgment. We're not, and the church is going to be out of here when judgment comes upon the earth. The ju- we're going to go before the judgment seat of Christ, not the white throne judgment. The white throne judgment is where sinners are going to go. And be sent to hell. But God's people, we go before the judgment seat of Christ. Aren't you glad that Christ is going to say, uh, you're forgiven, you're cleansed, I don't see sin, I see the blood? Amen. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. I certainly am. Because I need it. Amen? You need it too. Don't amen because you. I said I need it. <laughs> no, it's okay. We all do, don't we? Last time, I'm going to pick up where we left off. The last time I started talking to you uh, out of the book of Mark, chapter number 5. We're not going to turn back there right now. But we were talking about the man who lived in the tombs. And we're going to start on page 77 of the book. This is part 2 of this message, okay? Okay. And we began to look at this man who was possessed by a legion of demons. Now, this had to be an extreme case, didn't it? A legion, many demon powers were inside of this man and it made him hurt himself. He lived among the tombs or among the dead. See, he was a living being, but when the devil gets a hold of you, he makes you uh, experience death while you're upon the earth. And so we don't need that. We need the life of God. I have the life of God in me. We sing about it. It's out of the Scriptures. We have the life of God. We don't need to be living with the dead. We don't need to be in the tombs whether it's naturally speaking or spiritually speaking. We need to be full of the life of God. Not dead while we live. Not sad and depressed and oppressed because Jesus has set us free from all that. And we don't have to live that way. But this man was in the tombs and he was cutting himself and he was abusing his body. He was out of his mind. And you know the story, and Jesus came along one day and began to minister to him and set him free. Now listen to this, after Jesus had set him free, howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee and has had, listen to this, compassion upon thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him and all men did marvel." And so Jesus said, go and tell what has been done in your life. Tell about the compassion that God has and that Jesus Christ exhibited there on that day. Go tell others about the compassion. You see, we live in a time where this world needs to be told about the compassion of Jesus Christ. Not, the world does not need to hear that miracles are over, that healing passed away, When the you know the twelve apostles died, it all ended. That is not what the world needs to hear, because number one, it's not the truth. If you read in the book of Acts, you see uh, that there were other people that signs and wonders and healings were being done by their hands through the power of Jesus Christ. And so healing is for today. It didn't die out. And we need to be sharing the compassion of Jesus. And see, when you tell people about God's healing power, you are telling them that God has mercy and compassion for them and knows what they're going through and knows where they are and wants to heal them. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The devil wants to tell... He always wants us to look. Look at this. We prayed here and they didn't get healed. We prayed there, and they didn't get healed. We prayed here, and they died. And we all know stories about that. But you know what? One thing we can say, praise God, they're with the Lord. And they're in heaven, and it's not going to be long, and we're going to be there. But we, we don't need to keep looking to that. What we need to look to is God. We need to look to His Word that says He's a compassionate God. And just like He delivered that man from the powers of hell and there was a miracle healing in His life, He was delivered and set free. He wants to do that in the earth today. And we're not just preaching, we're saying the Word of God. It is the truth. Amen? Now let's look at a result of this one man's testimony In Mark 15, 30 and 31, he he shares it here. This man's uh, testimony was given to advertise the Lord's compassion. And great multitudes in Decapolis came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet. Can't you just see that? I can see that. It's like, you know, some, someone bringing a family member, a child, a, a son, a daughter, a mother, a father, and they didn't know what to do with them, and they just come and hurl them at the feet of Jesus because they say, that's where the answer is. We've tried everything, and we can't get it to work, but they just cast him at the feet of Jesus. Now, listen, what, what did he do when those people were cast at Jesus' feet? And he healed them. Insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole, and the lame to walk, and the blind to see. And they glorified the God of Israel. What brought glory to the God of Israel? When these people were healed, it didn't say that glory was brought to God when they suffered with their sickness and their disease. And see, that's exactly what the theology of today tells people. They can't explain the supernatural. They don't understand about miracles. They're not seeing them. They're not seeing healings. And so they just have to explain it away. That's man's reasoning and theology. But the theology of the Word of God says healing is for today. And healing brings glory to God. It was not their being sick as some teach today. But they're being healed that caused these great uh, multitudes to glorify the God of Israel. As soon as each one was healed, he would publish the Lord's compassion throughout his Decapolis. Now I'm going to tell you something. Healing is for today. Today. And if you publish your healing, then other people, multitudes, are going to come to the Lord for that same healing power. There's healing available to this world today. This world is hurting. This world is suffering. This world is sick. It is full of disease And there's so many diseases and we hear all the time, you know, let's work for a cure. Let's walk for a cure. Let's, you know, get money and, uh, you know, everybody contribute and let's get a cure. I don't know how to tell you this. And, you know, I'm not just trying to sound like somebody on my soapbox or whatever. But I think in a lot of cases, they do not want cures. And you know why? Because there's too much bucks in medicine, now, you may not agree with that, and that's okay. I don't, I don't care. But I do. I, I, I really think it's the way it is. I think what people want in the pharmaceutical industry and all of this, they want money. They want to increase. But God wants us to increase in a different way. Increase in prosperity, spirit, soul, and body. And so, do I believe in medicine? Well, sure. Have you taken medicine? I have. And it's helped me. And I'm thankful for that. So, I'm not saying anything against that. I think however you need to get healing, get it, okay? But what I'm saying is that if that's the only way that you receive healing, you're going to be at a place where the doctor says, I can do no more. Because they're they're limited. But you see, where man is limited, that's where God can come in. And through His mercy and through His compassion, He can bring healing to the masses and to the multitudes. Amen? Amen. It is stated that this man published the Lord's Compassion. And then down here a little further on page 78, it talks about making known His deeds, making known the deeds of God. God's deeds are good deeds. And it, and it refers to that in 2 Chronicles 16.8. It says, Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon His name, and make known His deeds among the people. You know, as I look at that, it's really interesting. Give thanks unto the Lord, And then call on his name. And then after he answers you, make known the deeds that he has done for you. That's really what he's talking about. And see, calling upon the name that's above every name. We need to think about the name that has been given to us. It's not just any name. It's the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The Bible says every knee will bow. Every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Principalities and powers must bow their knee to the name of Jesus. That name that's above every name. Amen? Amen. And so God wants us when He does something in our life. Now we're talking about healing, but it can be in any area. But we're going to zero in on healing. When God brings healing into our life and does something for us, make known His deeds in your life among the people that you have influence with and those that you come in contact with. Make known those deeds, those compassionate deeds. Caring, loving deeds that God does for His people. You'll notice that in the Scriptures quoted above, as the result of the miracles of healing, Jesus' fame was spread abroad and they came to Him from every quarter. In, in other words, everywhere, people started coming out of the woodwork. Do you not think that it'll be the same in our day if we publish the good deeds of God and tell about His healing power? People will come out from everywhere. Now, I want to tell you a sad story. Is when God does something for us, but we don't tell anybody else, and we keep it to ourselves. That is a sad story to me. We need to be sharing The good things that God does. And they followed him on foot out of the cities. In other words, wherever Jesus went, that's where they were going. I'm going to tell you, wherever the Holy Spirit is and wherever Jesus is moving among his people, if the people will share, there'll be more people to come in and get their needs met. Great multitudes came. Multitudes. Now, F.F. Bosworth was talking about in his day, we found in our revivals that as soon as the public finds out what this same Jesus is doing, they come from every quarter. They come from the Methodist quarter, from the Baptist quarter, from the Catholic, Christian science, unity. Well, can you believe it? Those are not Christians, you know, unity and Christian science. They're not, you know, born again, but they come from there anyway. Why? Because people are hungry. And they come from all other denominations. The Jewish quarter, the Spiritist, and all of these. The rich man, the poor man. They start coming from everywhere when the Word of God is published about the compassionate, loving, caring deeds that Jesus is doing. And I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter what background that people are in, they'll come to the place to get answers. They'll come to the place to see miracles. People are are desirous today of the miracle working power of God. And sometimes they want to go into areas and arenas that are not Christian supernatural, but psychic and everything else, familiar spirits and all those kinds of things, but they're hunting and hungry. And so what we need to do as God's people, we need to point them to Jesus. We need to point them to the Holy Spirit. We need to point them to the Word of God. Amen? Amen. And that's so important for us to remember that. Now, I'm going to have you turn to page 80, and I want us to talk about the increasing harvest. We'll start right there on page 80. And this is out of Matthew 9.35. Uh, and, 10, eight. and Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Can you see that? Here's multitudes of people coming to Jesus. And as fast as he, one person... Uh, Could do. He was praying for them. He was ministering to them. But then he had such great compassion because they were having to wait. They were fainting. They were there without direction. Then saith he unto his disciples, He turned to them when He saw the people and saw what they were going through. He said to His disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that He will send forth laborers into the harvest. Into the harvest field to do what? To preach the gospel of the kingdom, that's for sure. But was that all? No, because Jesus said that... He was healing the sick as well as preaching the gospel. Healing is a part of the gospel. And He was uh, healing every sickness and disease among the people. God wants us to pray that laborers will go out and minister the gospel, the preaching of that, healing and ministering to the sick that have diseases. He wants us to do those things. And he said, pray for laborers. You see, for so long, we just see laborers. You ought to go into the harvest field to take the gospel that people may be born again. Is that true? Yes, that is a fact. People need to come to the kingdom. But I'm going to tell you, people need to be healed of sickness and disease in the day that we live in. So many people are hurting and suffering. And they need the healing power of Jesus. And Jesus said, pray. See, that tells you and me, we need to be praying for people to find out about the compassion of Jesus Christ. They need to be finding out about that. And how are they going to find out when we pray? And then He says, go. And we're the sent forth ones. Amen? We can't go everywhere and do everything, but each one of us has this sphere of influence. We have people that we can touch that others will not be able to, and so we need to we need to share that with the people, don't we? Here, Jesus' compassion toward the sick is now becoming so well known that the harvest has become too great for one reaper. <laughs> His compassionate heart is full of yearning over the increasing numbers who could not reach him because of the press. His compassion for the rest of the rapidly growing multitude is now moving him to thrust forth other laborers to heal and preach. We are those other laborers. God wants us to, to preach that. See, I've heard people say this, and it, you know, this might sound spiritual to them, but it really doesn't sound spiritual to me. Well, I'm just going to preach the gospel, and I'm going to leave that healing stuff to someone else. Well, you know what? If you're going to follow Jesus' example, you're going to minister to sick people. You're going to lay hands on the sick. If you never see one of them get healed, but you will. You will. But He said to do that. Amen? Amen. I want you to turn your, in your Bibles, I want you to turn to Luke chapter number 4. Luke chapter number 4. When we talk about the gospel, this is what Jesus said about the gospel. Chapter number 4 and verse number um, 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me, this is Jesus talking, to preach the gospel to the poor. Who is Jesus interested in? The poor. Is that all? No. He wants to, us to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me, talking about Jesus, to heal the brokenhearted, those that have been emotionally crushed, to preach deliverance to the captive, to bring freedom when the enemy has people bound, and recovering of sight to the blind. That's blindness, or, you know, it could be physical blindness or it could be people walking around in a spiritual haze. To preach sight to the blind. Amen? Amen. To set at liberty those that are bruised. And that, that bruising has to do with they're broken because of calamity. They're broken down. And we've talked about this so many times, but I'm going to repeat it again. When people are bruised, you may not see a lot of outward evidence. But people are walking around. And they're bruised by the calamities of life. And you see, Jesus said, I have come to minister to those people. Amen? And so if He came to minister to them, that means we need to be ministering to them also. Then I want you to turn with me to Mark 16. Because this is talking about the gospel and the compassionate gospel, and it describes there what Jesus came to do for people. And then in Mark 16, verse number four, uh, um, verse 15, and he said unto them, "Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go into the world, the highways and the byways." He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. See, it's not up to us. It's up to an individual that we share the truth with. And every individual that gets the gospel message has the opportunity to either accept it or reject it. And of course, we want them to accept it, but that doesn't mean that everyone will. And if they don't, it says here that they'll be damned. See, some people don't want to talk about hell. Hell is negative. Hell is, you know, not good. Well, yeah, that's why we're trying to tell people, make a a different uh, reservation so that you can go to heaven. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, and they shall speak with new tongues. See? Okay. And, and, you know, I know what biblical scholar... Okay, now this, this chapter is not in the original, you know, okay... Well, if you want to tear that out, but you know, when you get in the other Gospels, you're going to see the very same things said, maybe in different ways, but they're all confirmed in other areas. So even if that were true, it doesn't matter because it's somewhere else. And out of the mouth of uh, two or three witnesses, the Bible says, let everything be established. You can't just take, you know, when you see something and make a doctrine out of it, but when you see it over and over again, you can And these truths are all through the New Testament and the Scripture. And it says, and they shall cast out devils. Ooh! I'm going to tell you, the devil is wreaking havoc in the earth today. And I'm sad to say that even in God's people, even in their families, but the Bible said, cast him out. What does that mean? Go looking for the devil? No, it means when you find him, and you find him tormenting people, and they want free, you cast him out. When the devil attacks you in your house, you cast him out. Amen. Don't allow him to stay there. I told you about the story years ago that when we started the church... And, uh, you know, we were living in this rented house and how that, you know, we didn't have a lot of money in this house. We didn't even like being there. It wasn't very nice, but it was the best that we could do for then. And, you know, my washing machine, my dryer, and my dishwasher. You take my dishwasher and you're in trouble. <laughs> but it, it all, you know, one wouldn't work and then another one wouldn't work and another one wouldn't. And I tried to tell Eddie, but he was too busy studying and, you know, doing things for the church. And so I had to just say, okay, Lord, you said it. I cast the devil out of our house. I cast him out of washer, dryer, dishwasher, anything that we uh, have that is our possession because we're doing the work of the Lord. Now, see, some people, that could sound flaky, but we're doing the work of the Lord. We were starting this church, and we didn't have a lot of extra income. Now, can your washer wear out? Yes. Can your dryer wear out? Can your dishwasher wear out? Of course. But that wasn't the case with this. We were being harassed because of what we were doing. And I laid my hands and I said, I cast you out of this house. You get off of our property in the name of Jesus. And I told you the story. The washer washed, the dryer dried, and the dishwasher cleaned my dishes. And there was nothing wrong because when it first started, I, I had a repairman come. He couldn't even find anything wrong with it. So... You got to cast the devil out. Well, in the same way, see, do you think beginning this church was not important? Do you think that if he could have discouraged us in those early days in that kind of way? Now, it might have not just been that wouldn't have caused us, but it could have gone on and on and on to the point where you get so discouraged that you give up. Now, I'm going to tell you, if things like that are going on in your house and in your life, you get you a bottle of oil, I don't care if it's cooking oil, and you start anointing the doors in your house, and you start saying, this house is the Lord's house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And devil, you get out. You have no place here. I believe that. You cast him out where you find him. You don't let him stay there. And then he says you speak with new tongues. You'll speak with new tongues. See, what does the, what does the church in the world, they don't want you to speak in tongues because they know that you're tapping in to the supernatural spirit of the living God. So don't pray in tongues because you pray the perfect will of God. <clears throat> You pray divine secrets and mysteries. So don't speak in tongues. But Jesus said, when you preach the gospel, you do that. And then they shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, if something happens, just like Paul on that island of Melita, and, and you know, the viper came out of that fire and bit him, but it didn't kill him. They stood around waiting for him to die, but he didn't die. He just kept ministering the compassion of God to all those people on that island. Amen. 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 They shall, listen to this, lay hands on the sick, and they shall, somebody tell me what that next word is, recover. 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 Now, see, this is the compassionate message of Jesus Christ when we pray for laborers to go forth, and when we are sent forth as those laborers into the field, that we are to take these truths and we don't have to sound a trumpet and let everybody know, I speak in tongues. I cast out devils. I lay hands on the... You don't have to tell everybody that. Just do it. Be like the Holy Spirit and bring a demonstration. Let him bring a demonstration through you. It's not in the talk, it's in the doing. And we need to speak the word, but we don't need to go everybody you know telling everybody what hot shots we are. We need to tell everybody how compassionate and loving and kind our heavenly Father is. A strange reversal of Christ's promise. And uh, Jesus in John 14, 12 through 13, emphatically taught and promised that the same mercy and compassion could reach the people through our prayers. Now, listen to what John 14, 12 through 13 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believes on me, the works that I do. Okay, what works did we just see out of Luke and Mark? What were the works? Laying hands on the sick, ministering to the sick, those that have been bruised and crushed and need, you know, their eyes open, or that are poor in spirit, whatever the case may be, maybe just not poor in spirit, but poor in their pocketbook. That's what Jesus did, isn't it? So he said, The works that I do, shall you do. He was talking about when he would go to heaven and what would be going on on the earth. Because when he went to heaven, he made a way for the Holy Spirit to be sent down to the earth and move through God's people. So he said, the works that I do shall he do also. Okay. And you hear people say, well, we're to do the greater works. Let's just keep reading. And greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Okay, now let's look at that for a minute. Okay, he said the works that I do, which we said those works were healing and delivering people And bringing compassion and mercy to them and lifting them up and raising them up and giving them a better way and a better quality of life. That was what the works of Jesus. And then he goes on to say, And greater works than even those that you saw me do. And so when people say, well, the greater work is is eternal life and people being born again. Okay, I I don't discredit that. But he said, the works that I do shall you do. So we need to be doing that. Plus. So it didn't pass away. Jesus is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. When you see what He did for those people and healing them and delivering them from the powers of hell, He's doing the same today. And many of us sitting here, we are testimonies to that. And so he said, the works I do and greater works are you going to do because I go to my Father? And listen, when you pray and whatsoever you ask, make a demand on in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So he said, wherever you go, whatever you do, when you make a demand upon me about the things that you've seen that I want to do and the compassion and mercy that I want to show, I'm going to be there and it's going to happen. And that's what we need to put our faith in. Amen? Now I'm going to skip over because I'm getting low on time. Um, In Hebrews 4, just turn with me there. Because I've got to get this done. You think Pastor King will let me preach another Wednesday night? I think not. (laughs) I'm just teasing. Okay, Hebrews 4. And we're going to read verse number 15. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace or favor to help in the time of need. Now, I'm going to tell you, each one of us, we have times of need. People that we come in contact with, they have times of need. And here it says that Jesus was touched with the feelings of our infirmities. What does that mean? That means he understands where we are. He understands our humanness. He understands us in the way that we are because he spent Uh, 33 years here upon the earth. And He lived here without sin, but He understands the temptations. And it says that He was touched with the feelings of our infirmities. You know what our infirmities are? It means disease. It means feebleness of your body or mind. And it says that He was touched with the feelings of our infirmities in that we couldn't get results. We were unable to produce results. But the Holy Spirit is here to help us get the results that we need. And it says that we get it, we obtain it by the mercy of God. Not by our great works, but by His mercy and His grace. Amen? And He tells us to come boldly to the throne of grace. I like what verse number 16 in the Amplified Bible says. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us as sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures, and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help, and well-timed help coming just when you need it. See, God says that He gives you mercy just when you need it, at the right time, in the appropriate way. Amen? Amen? In Psalms 107, verse number 20, it talks about the Word being sent and healing the people. He sent His Word and healed them. Now, I'm going to tell you, for weeks now, we have been teaching about healing. And as we come into this place, the Word of God is going forth. He sent His Word to heal you. If you've got sickness and disease in your body, God's Word is medicine to your flesh, it says in one place. And there's healing power available to you. Um Now, in Acts 5, I don't want you to turn there right now, but verses 12 through 16, you know, we read a moment ago about how that we're due to do the works of Jesus and greater works. In Acts 5, 12 through 16, it tells you about the greater works there. You will see them. And it was when those disciples of His went out and began to heal those that were sick and diseased. Now, I want you to turn really quickly with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. This is, there are several things that I wanted to get in tonight, and I'm, it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to get in all of them, but I am going to get this in. Now, when a person is born again and filled with the Holy Spirit of God, those are two separate Um, Things that happen in our life. We're born again when we call upon the Lord and receive Him as our personal Savior and His blood uh, that will cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. In other words, we receive the gift of righteousness and lay aside our sin. And He clothes us in His righteousness. And then... After that, we have the opportunity, not everybody does, but we have the opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you're filled or baptized in the Holy Ghost, at that point in time, there are gifts that can come into your life. And we can read about this in 1 Corinthians 12. And I'm going to start a reading here in verse number 8. Now, these gifts are for people that have been filled with the Holy Spirit. And you will see that it comes to in our lives, comes to you or me as the Spirit wills. We can't make one of these gifts of the Holy Spirit happen in our life, but we uh, are available. And if we are available, then God can choose to use us for a gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay? For to one is given by the Spirit. See, the, the gifts come by the Holy Spirit. The word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge. By the same Spirit. We could really spend a lot of time here. To another, faith. See, there's a gift of the Spirit for faith. Now, we all have faith. We all have the same measure of faith the Bible talks about, but this is a different gift. This is a supernatural faith that comes at certain times by the Spirit of God. By the same Spirit. To another, listen to this, the gifts of healings. By the same Spirit. Now, That word healings is plural in the Greek. Gifts of healings, okay? By the same Spirit to another, the working of miracles to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, able to see into that spirit realm, to another diverse kinds of tongues. Now, this is not the prayer language tongue. This is diverse tongue is when uh, you give a gift, uh, speak in tongues and someone else interprets because it says into another the interpretation of tongues. But all of these worketh that one in the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally or privately as He wills, as, God's, as God wills. And so we can see that there are gifts of the Holy Spirit and one of those that God wanted to send supernaturally into the earth was gifts of healings. So you, the Word that was sent and healed the people. God's Word is medicine. And then there are times that God will come, and it might come through uh, this uh, gift of faith. And then, you, you know, because some of them work together. And then what happens? The gifts of healings begin to flow, and people are supernaturally healed, and miracles deliver people restore their health and healing back to them. And so God says, I have, I have given so many ways. Lay hands on the sick. Pray for the sick. Anoint people with oil. I give my word to let people know that I'm a God of compassion and mercy and healing can come. And then He comes along and He says, and I'm giving gifts through the power of the Holy Spirit to be in operation while the church is on the earth for supernatural gifts of healings and miracles to take place. God is so compassionate. He is so loving and He cares so much. And He wants to bring that into our lives. Can you say amen? Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.